Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Our first reading is Ezekiel 34, verses 11 to 16. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they are scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and in all the settlements of the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in a good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. The second reading is Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. When the Son of, the, of Man comes to, in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on the, his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the king, the kingdom prepared for your for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did you see? When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you stranger and invite you in? or need in clothes to enclose you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I will tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you, you who are accursed, into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or needing clothes, or sick sick or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. You may be seated. Do you want to be happier, healthier, and an all-around better person? 
There's a way that is free, easy, and totally up to you. It's gratitude. Gratitude is much more than saying thanks. It's a way of seeing the world. And with practice, we can train ourselves to feel gratitude more frequently and powerfully. The scientific evidence is clear. Practicing gratitude is good for you and your loved ones. Grateful people get sick less, have healthier hearts, exercise more, get better sleep. Grateful people are more optimistic, overcome adversity better, find greater joy in life. Grateful people are more generous with their time and money, are more forgiving, and build better relationships with loved ones. Just like strengthening muscles, you can build gratitude simply by exercising it. So, how do you develop an attitude of gratitude? So, how do you develop an attitude of gratitude? We've kind of been focusing a little bit on this over the past couple of weeks, and we finish up today as we enter into uh, Advent next week. Uh, But it is the Sunday after Thanksgiving. As we're finishing up this series of gratitude on social media, I know that over the past week there have been prompts for you to answer, uh, you know, what are you grateful for? What are you thankful for? And I, and I have seen a number of you sharing in those, and so I encourage you to keep doing that and respond to others as well as they make those posts. But have you thought about that gratitude in your life? Has there, has there been anything that you've shared with friends or family or maybe even with your church community? You see, a couple of days ago, my, my mom wanted to know what I was thankful for besides family. She wanted me to be spe- specific, uh, and I encourage you to do that. Somebody else had told me that as well. He said, you know, you, when you fill out gratitude journals, don't just fill out these big sweeping things that you're grateful. I'm grateful for family. You might be grateful for family, but what specifically are you grateful for in that family? So try to be specific. So, so here is what I shared with my mom. Uh, Actually, it happened to be the day before, uh, or actually on Thanksgiving. Uh, I said, I'm thankful for not only the opportunity to journey on a path toward a doctorate degree, but that I was able to finish my final projects for this third year. Yes, it's all done. (laughs) Woo! Finished up the last one of them on Wednesday night and turned it in, so <laughs> we're all good. But first of all, let me, let me also say this. Thank you for all of your support and all of your encouragement along the way. Now, as Captain Jack Sparrow would say, bring on the horizon. So bring me that dissertation. That's where I start next year. So will you pray with me? <laughs> Gracious and almighty God, God, we thank you for calling us to this space to, uh, to hear your word. And so, God, as we heard scripture and now we, we hear reflections on that, God, I ask that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but that they would be your words, your words and your message for your people. All this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So gratitude has this deep and lasting impact in our lives. There's, there's been study after study done on the effects of writing in a gratitude journal. Uh, sharing the things that you are grateful in a particular day. And I wonder, I mean, I'm sure that there have been plenty here, uh, here in the sanctuary as well as so many that are at home that, that have done this, that have filled out a gratitude journal. Maybe you started out great, you wrote about four days and then it fell off. Or maybe you're continuing on. I encourage you to keep doing that. 
See, in our intro video, there were a number of different health benefits that were mentioned uh, about uh, directly connecting that life, living it in gratitude. Uh, and it doesn't have to be just during the month of January or the month of November. It doesn't have to be just around Thanksgiving, although that's when it seems like we focus on this. This should be all year long. But right now we're in this, this gratitude series as well as our stewardship campaign. And so during our 531 moment, we, we collected all those pledges and we dedicated them to God. But we must realize that it goes much deeper than, than just making the, the pledge, a financial pledge. We've, we've already talked about offering our time and our talents alongside our financial giving. However, this week's lectionary reading points us in a direction of not only who benefits from our generosity, but also the why of giving of ourselves. We have a story. And although some would call this a parable, I think we can see this for what it truly is, a prophecy. These are still the words from Jesus, and they are immediately following the parable of the talents and the parable of the ten virgins, which are clearly parables. But here we have Jesus talking about sheep and goats. This is not the first time, nor will be the last time, that Jesus speaks about sheep or goats. But, there, but what is the difference between sheep and goats? I could ask my youngest daughter what the difference between sheep and goats are, because I told her that a number of years ago, and maybe we'll have to talk about that a different time. Uh, but, uh, but obviously, as we hear Scripture today, we know that, that they're going to be separated at judgment. The sheep, will go to the, the sheep will be the good ones, and the goats, eh, not so much. The sheep will go on to the right hand, the, the position of power and honor, while the goats are on the left, a much lower position in society's eyes. Even more than that, the sheep will be welcomed into the kingdom, while the goats will be sent into eternal punishment. Again, that weeping and gnashing of teeth. But what brings them to this place? What is the measuring bar to determine either the right or the left? Well, I guess we could say that the easiest delineation is, the one, is one was a sheep and the other was a goat. But is it really that simple? Maybe we can get a clearer distinction if we look at some of the differences between these two animals. Sheep look cuddly. Therefore, they must be nice animals, right? The goats have horns, and I guess that means that they're evil. Maybe not. But if we look at the personality, as much as we can, sheep seem to be distant, timid. And they like to keep to themselves, albeit in a group, because they do flock together. But when they are threatened, they will definitely stick together. There is comfort in numbers. There is safety in numbers with sheep. If they get separated from the flock, they become very stressed. Goats, on the other hand, are independent and curious. They have been known to be escape artists, and they will run off on their own if they are ever given the chance, sometimes even if they're not given the chance. They are agile. They're capable of running and jumping and climbing, hence the escaping. Goat owners will probably tell you that that's just why they like them so much. Not really sure how that fits into goat yoga. I don't think I want them jumping all over me while I'm doing goat yoga. Uh, but I guess you could say that there's never a dull day within a herd of goats. 
So knowing just a few of the differences, we can say that there probably was more than just the distinction between the two physical appearances uh, of these animals, which led them to be separated at the final judgment. Do you want to be like a sheep? Do you want to be like a goat? Now, before we jump to, to the end and decide that we want to be a sheep, because at least we know there we'll be ushered into heaven, let's hear what Jesus has to say. I mean, if we truly hear this story, it's not about sheep and goats, but about one principle in general. You see, it's, it's not whether you belong to a United Methodist Church or a Catholic Church or a Lutheran Church or even a Baptist Church. The final judgment comes, and it doesn't matter if you've said all the right words, if you've believed everything that the pastor has said, or worshipped in person or online. The delineating factor is our response to the cry of the hurting and of the broken. Do you feed the hungry? Did you give something to drink to those who were thirsty? Did you welcome in the stranger? Did you clothe those who are naked? Did you visit with those who are sick or in prison? The difference in the story is not whether one is a sheep or a goat. It is the response of the two. How did they react to the people around them? I mean, these are pretty simple things. These are all things that we can do regardless of whether we are sheep or a goat, regardless of whether we are Christian or not. These are simple things that we can do. These are the things that everyone can do. And I guess the question is, is do we offer the help when it's needed? Here is where our generosity comes into play. Are we generous with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness at Journey of Hope? Are we generous without calculation? Which means, do we give of ourselves without expecting anything in return? Do we give of ourselves without knowing or caring who we are actually helping? Please know that in our story today, both sheep and the goats, those who are on the right hand and the left hand side, both of them are surprised by the words of the king. They both asked, When did we see you hungry? And feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you naked or a stranger and did not minister to you? Neither group realized who they were either helping or not helping. The king told them that when they did either of those things, whether they did it, whether they didn't do those things to the least of these, they did it unto him. They were surprised. They didn't know. Among all the differences in this life, maybe the one that matters the most is what they did or didn't do. This makes them either sheep or goats. And I hope and pray that, that we are not surprised when that time comes for us. I hope that we can know in our hearts the many ways that we have helped all of those in need. And while this need is certainly within our communities and the world, there are also needs within Journey of Hope. John Wesley wrote in his notes this, about this particular passage of Scripture. He spoke about the, the use of the phrase that 
Jesus says, the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. The least of these, my brothers and sisters. Wesley thought this was in reference to the disciples of Jesus. Maybe Jesus was worried about his disciples being taken care of. And therefore, maybe this is the way we ought to see the church and all of those within this community of faith as well. Wesley wrote in his notes this. What encouragement is here to assist the household of faith? But let us likewise remember to do good to all. Encouragement to help those within the community of faith that we belong, but also to remember to do good to all. I think it would be good to hear another writing of Wesley. There was a phrase that he was very well known for, and you might remember this. Uh, He once said this, Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Do all the good that you can. Regardless of whether or not you know that person or not. Whether or not you realize that you are helping the kingdom or not. We're called to do good. That is our response to help where it is needed. And so let me finish by reminding you that that you don't have to be a sheep, that you don't have to be a goat, but that the determining factor from the story is your response. Your response, your attitude of gratitude. Our response to those in need is what matters. What is our response to those who are in need, who are broken, by life circumstances. What will your response be today, tomorrow, and every day after that? And I hope it is this. We will feed the hungry. We will give a drink to those who are thirsting. And both of those brothers and sisters can be spiritually hungry and physically hungry. We will welcome the stranger. We will clothe the naked. We will visit the sick and the imprisoned. Is this what we, as Journey of Hope, make a pledge to do? To take care of all of those who are in need. To do all this as long as we can to all the people that we can. And I hope the answer is yes. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we, we hear this message, this challenging message. It tells us that we need to feed, that we need to offer drinks for those who are thirsty, that we need to clothe those who don't have enough, that we need to visit, and that we need to welcome in the stranger. But God, the only way we can do that is with your help. And so, God, we ask that you, would, that you would make your presence known to us in the Spirit, that that Spirit would give us the strength and the encouragement and the wisdom to do all that you are asking, especially as we enter into Advent, just coming out of a, a season of gratefulness,
let us truly help those in need. All this I ask in the mighty and the matchless name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we leave from this place to go out into the world carrying our attitude of gratitude, our thanks, our hope, our joy, all those things that the Lord gives to us together out to a world in need of all of it. Go now in the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father Almighty, the fellowship, the communion, and the power of the Holy Spirit this day and forevermore. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.